August 20th, 1707, the British army is kept out of Pensacola, Florida. It is described as the greatest victory in British history. Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And our guest tonight is a fabulous up-and-comer in the Denver comedy scene, a historian and the host of Saturday Morning Cartoons. Please welcome Jeremy Peicher. Hey, that's Jeremy, me. Thank you for being here. Sorry I stepped on your introduction right away. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm used to having an introduction stepped on. I have no idea what that means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an old podcasting term way back from the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Long before podcasts were started. Hey, well, visionaries. They were I'm, in genuine pods back then. It's fine. But they, they were delivered by the pod person. That's where yeah. that term comes from. Yeah, exactly. The friendly pod person who came by your house each morning with a fresh batch of podcasts. <laughs> I miss those days because you could really like have a conversation with them. They became like your friend every morning, seeing your, yeah, do your you, pod person. Yeah, do you remember person. your guy? Yeah. Uh, your pod Ger- person? Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. Gerald, no D. No. <laughs> Not Gerald. No. But Gerald. They didn't have D's on the name yet. That came <laughs> later in the I, 50s. I had old Stanley Stitch. Stanley Stitch. Yep. Mm. He was, it was the, for, the founder of the Stitcher family. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He founded that family that he was born into. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is already the most nonsense we started off an episode. Right? That's exactly what I'm going for, and I'm not even doing the nonsense. <laughs> That's fine. That's our goal, uh, listeners. If you're still listening to the show also, and you're it's new, slightly weird that his name was Stanley Stitch, but he founded the Stitcher family. Uh, it, was, well, it was like it was an error on the sign. Mm-hmm. They just went with it. Listeners, if you're new to the show, each episode we take a look at a topic from history. One of us presents the official version of events. And another one comes up with the alternate history. And the winning story uh, we accept as true history. Last, uh, last episode, we had a giant double-length episode on Alexander Hamilton with our guest Shannon Camp. Mm-hmm. And the true history won out because how could it not? Yeah. It was, it was so, so well done. I'm going to say 90% less singing in that episode than I thought there was going to be. There, I was expecting it. I was just expecting an intolerable amount of singing. Uh, this week, Jeremy, you're doing the true story. Yeah. Zach, you are doing the alternate. I suppose. All right. Well, Jeremy, if you're all ready. Okay. Take let's, it away. Let's talk about the Siege of Yorktown. Oh, that's what we're talking about this week. That's what I forgot. The ending of the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. This is our last episode in our coverage of the American Revolution. Ooh, the finale. So Bloodshed. Yeah, bloodshed, drama. drama. I mean, <laughs> we know drama here at the Revisionist. That's our slogan. <laughs> yeah, characters a, welcome. We did not Google it. Mm-hmm. We want our MTV. Yeah. <laughs> VH1, <laughs> please. Uh-huh. <laughs> we know funny. Okay. MSNBC, that. Yeah, okay. and then also there's that do, do, do. That's our other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that NBC? Was that yeah. NBC? We're going to be taking it's down the notes G, E, and C, which is short for General Electric Corporation. 
which is almost like subliminal messaging to me. But I'm, well, that's conspiracy no theory on top of conspiracy theory. It is. It's the yeah. world's most inconsequential conspiracy theory. I, I was warned by a previous guest, Jose, to make sure I took notes because you guys would derail me, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even started yet, and I'm already derailed. <laughs> well, Jose McCall, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> Well, like, uh, that's how I win these things. I put the competition <laughs> on the back foot immediately. Exactly. <laughs> a big, um, a big precursor to your town getting started was that uh, the French helped out the Americans, in that uh, the French sent over uh, over five thousand troops, and they uh, they shipped them over, and they they landed at Rhode Island in 1780. Those troops basically. They were uh, they were commanded by Rochambeau, which is just a great great name. Oh, yeah. uh, rock paper scissors name, I guess. Uh, <laughs> is he was a fan of schoolyard games. Mm-hmm. His na- his given name was Herb's Donut, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, his porn name was Wet Willie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sorry. In in the summer of uh, 1781, uh, th- those troops were in Rhode Island. Uh, they were under George Washington, and Rochambeau was with them. And Washington had a plan. He wanted to take those troops and bring them down to Yorktown, where Cornwallis had a large stronghold. Um, he was he had a deep water port that he had set up in multiple forts and all that shit that uh, wanted to keep the Americans out of and. But Washington didn't want it to be known that he was going down there. So he sent out a bunch of uh, false leads that he was going to New York City. Did a real good job of sending out those false leads. Uh, Cornwallis was because sure. he wanted to be a number one top of the heap, according to the false leads. Was you want to be a number one? To F. Frank Sinatra song. A number one. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> da, 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 da. Nah. Stop spreading the news. We got a secret invasion coming. <laughs> They were going down from Rhode Island to Yorktown, which is in Virginia. They had to go through New York. Uh, on the way down there, there was the 4,000 French, 3,000 American troops that uh, Washington had with him. Um, they began their way down there. Uh, they landed in Phil- Philadelphia, and the American troops weren't happy. This was already a long way through, you know, 1776. Was, you know, that's when that dark declaration of independence happened when... yeah. Minor, the honeymoon's over at my, that point. They wanted to be paid. Uh, they didn't want this inconsequential continental currency. That there was just stupid paper to them. Um, and what Rochambeau did to strengthen that uh, French-American bond was he actually gave Washington half of the Spanish gold that he received from them, and he gave that to Washington to give to his troops, which really uh, strengthened the bond between the Americans and the French. Yeah, and money. Yeah, <laughs> money Especially is... Spanish gold. Yeah. That's the kind of money you tell people that you got. That's like yeah. romance money. You like, honey, I've come into a, a small amount of Spanish gold. I mean, if you really want to woo a lady on Tinder, you talk about the amount of Spanish gold you have back at your place. Yeah, I, I would tell out of my Tinder. anyone if I had any Spanish gold. So that's just... I mean, I tell anyone if I have five dollars. So if I had any Spanish gold, that would be. <laughs> Washington took the troops to leave Philly to head down to Virginia. He did make one quick stop in Mount Vernon. Stopped in. Stopped uh, at home. He stopped yeah. at home to, in front of all of his. I like to imagine he left his troops waiting outside. <laughs> well, he you know on. went home. I prefer I need... to imagine that like when they were leaving Philly, he was like, "Shit, guys, I know I left my garage door open. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go yell at a human being to close it for me." 
Wait, you guys are thinking that he left. I really just think he went home to bang Martha. That was it, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, you can multitask. He's got wooden teeth. There has to be one or elephant teeth. I, I didn't hear the dollop about him. Well, uh, I mean, he has teeth uh, that were bought from the people he kept enslaved. I also, yet yesterday when I was doing this research in the Very Lovely Mutiny Information Cafe, uh, check it out, 2 South Broadway, uh, <laughs> that there is a conspiracy theory that George Washington may have been black. I don't know. Um, well. I feel like there is some evidence to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, uh, he was not. I feel like that's the biggest evidence to the okay. contrary. Well, we'll strike that one out. But... <laughs> Just saying. Okay. I mean, I feel like if he was, he may have been way more sensitive uh, on the whole issue of slavery. The beautiful thing about conspiracy theories, they can be about anything. <laughs> that's true. They do not even have to make sense. Play this podcast backwards to hear a special message from the Freemason folks. <laughs> <laughs> Our sponsors for this episode, the New World Order. New World Order. Stop it. Oh. Are we talking about the NWO from the WCW? Is that <laughs> what, is it, what does that mean? Uh, that's from wrestling. <laughs> so <laughs> this is about Rick Rude was <laughs> uh, Rick Flair was in the NWO for a short period of time. Uh, <laughs> all right. So when we get to our NWO episode, we'll learn all about it. Washington, he has his troops in Philly. Uh he's taking them down this Franco American troops and they uh they finally arrive in Yorktown, Virginia. In late September of 1781, Cornwallis is a little bit surprised. He uh he didn't he he, he wasn't ready for that, and uh, you know the monocle falling out sound effect. Yeah, there was he was holding a cup of tea, I believe, and the monocle fell right in there. Of course, <laughs> his corgis started going nuts. And the the Americans and the French they did they did pretty well. Uh, they brought a lot of guns with them, a lot of howitzers. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's that what you do. <laughs> you know what? Smart thinking. <laughs> they did pretty well. <laughs> to quote Tommy Wiseau in the room, "You brought all my guns. Good thinking." <laughs> Wait, is that? Well, he says you brought all my friends. I believe. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, <laughs> we need to talk about what quoting means. See <laughs> <laughs> even that. Well, 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 they were headed down uh, on the land. There was also a uh, a uh, naval operation. Uh, the French West Indies troop, our naval operation, was headed uh, headed by Comte de Grasse. Comte de Grasse, who loved yeah. hitting that herb. <laughs> he had a large. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Love that herb. Come yeah. to grass. Love that herb. Okay. Uh, Talking he... about marijuana. <laughs> when oh, cannabis. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a monster. We attack at four twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's far too late in the afternoon. I am completely sober at this part of the day. <laughs> so uh, at at the beginning of the summer. When uh, Washington was sending those fake plants out that the, he was going to New York City uh, with Rochambeau, uh, it was also part of Congress's plan that uh, he was going to go there, uh, and they were the part that conspired to meet him there, and that's when it all conspired up that he was going to meet them at Yorktown. Uh, ended up he get, ended up getting there a little bit before them, which uh, is awkward. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it, it worked out well because uh, he had a huge, huge naval fleet. The French West Indies fleet was massive, and they ended up battling in that uh, Chesapeake Bay mm-hmm. uh, and just completely wiped out Cornwallis's fleet in Chesapeake Bay, which already uh, hindered Cornwallis quite a bit, and that already opened up Cornwallis, which at the end of September of 1781, that's when Washington showed up. Thanks. Beautifully, Washington had some great plans. Yeah, and Cornwallis, whether it was like hubris or just poor planning, had kind of refused help or refused guidance that maybe don't get backed into a corner at Yorktown. Because he, he, I mean, towards the end, he thought he was going to get some reinforcements coming, mm-hmm. but he did have a large amount of hubris that he thought, oh no, they're going to New York City, we are fine. I just pictured him going, look, I have the most hubris. I have the best, <laughs> grandest, most beautiful like hubris. like a proto-Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way. Yeah, he he went to Germany and changed his name to Trump, and that's how he got the, the Trump line. Mm-hmm. But uh, He so founded th- the Trump family. Call <laughs> back. September, September 28th, uh, the battles between the British and the Franco-American troops began, which... Traditional, you know, still the late 1700s uh, warfare lines and all that. The Americans were still using their, uh, which they started using that guerrilla warfare where they're hiding and, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, Washington had this new plan he had because the British in Yorktown had what were called redoubts, which mm-hmm. are just large forts, lots of guns, uh, huge guns and forts and uh, bastions and poles and stabby thingies <laughs> i have a history degree most mostly in french revolution art uh that's what i like to talk about that's why i talk about stabby thingies so um, whatever killed marat yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what uh washington decided to do ever so brilliantly was dig holes he was gonna dig parallels dig trenches and what, what, like, like he was just, doing during his yeah. stay in Valdez. What it, what not he, just like point, not just holes that are just around. They were for a strategic purpose. <laughs> he dug trenches from the, just the holes American, filled with like hustlers and things. Yeah, yeah for, he had to hide for, all of his porn somewhere. For morale. <laughs> it is porn and some golden tablets. <laughs> You know, whole shit. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Which sometimes, in French, they whole s- shit is literally shit. Yep. <laughs> he spat in them and they walked away, just like in Stanley Yelnats. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, Shia LaBeouf's name in French translates as Shia the Beef. Continue. It's my favorite fact from all of... All of time? Yes. Wow. I, I, I did not. One of the bit things I like really appreciated about washington during this time was he didn't just go hey guys we're gonna build a trench to the redoubts he actually was out there digging them mm-hmm. and while meaning this time there wasn't just like the british were just like oh you guys are gonna build a or dig this hole cool <laughs> they were shooting at them washington was being shot at and Which- uh, he famously loved. <laughs> yeah. He sent letters about how he never felt as alive as when he heard the sound of bullets whizzing by. Yeah. And I, I mean, that also kind of speaks to the thing we've talked about being the source of Washington's greatness. Not so much like that he was a brilliant tactician because he mm-hmm. wasn't. 
it was more his leadership qualities Correct. and his yeah. inspirational qualities. He was the Travis Pastrana of his time. Yeah, it's what what <laughs> what is this? Is this the guy who invented pastrami? What is this? No, I said he was the Travis Pastrana, the guy who does the backflips on the motorcycles. Again, misread the audience for this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Was this about the world's fastest you, Indian with Anthony Hopkins? What you are we guys talking? don't watch the X Games? Okay. Mm. Is this Triple X with Vin Diesel? Is this what we're talking Pretty much. Famed okay. candy ass Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked at my notes in a while. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we we the probably got a long, long Yeah. Uh, Washington's digging mm-hmm. trenches with his bros. Yeah. So that first parallel uh, was supposed to be... Holes two, before bros. Sorry. It was supposed to be 2,000 yards. Uh, and that started on October 6th. Um, October 9th, it was finished. The guns were in place. Uh, it ended up being three 24-pound guns were in there, uh, three 18-pound guns, two 18-inch howitzers, six mortars, uh, a total of 14 guns were in there. And on the 9th, that's when the firing started. At 3 p.m., the French started firing. At 5 p.m., the, U- the Americans started. It's when the grass. You know when he started. <laughs> yeah. 420, bro. <laughs> Uh, this is where Reefer. <laughs> he lit the cannon with his joint. <laughs> this is where kept that cannon cherried. <laughs> I know a surprising amount of marijuana facts for someone who's never smoked marijuana. Washington famously fired the first shot, uh, and it's said that uh, when his shot landed on the the British general's dinner table, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious to me. I just. Uh, <laughs> It's like oh, a very duck shit. soup moment, I feel like. <laughs> it would be a great opportunity on the part of the British general for a one-liner just to be like, uh, this isn't what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cannonball in my soup, waiter. I just also don't see how it hits a table and doesn't hit any of them. <laughs> just, oh. Uh. It just lands in a turkey's butt. <laughs> I guess it's not the turkey's butt, but whatever. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Things pretty much went downhill from there for the British. <laughs> they 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 did not do well, uh, and you know continued guerrilla warfare. They the British still were like we're gonna stand in a line and continue to we continue to slaughter the stupid British. Uh, <laughs> if there are any British ladies that wanna li- that wanna talk to me, I I'm you know this was three hundred years ago. Um. <laughs> so when you say like British ladies, I pictured like lords and ladies. <laughs> like if there's any, if there's any nobility. If you're listening, Dame Judy Dench. Please, I'm mostly talking to Adele. Uh. <laughs> Is she? Has she been ennobled? I have no idea. Uh, well, let's get on that hashtag yeah. Dame Adele. Yeah, let's do has that. a nice ring to it. To be honest, with you. Mm-hmm. Two days later, October 11th, Washington uh, decided. To dig a second parallel, the you know Cornwallis was still holding out. Uh, there were still a few more redoubts left. He dug a second parallel. Uh, this time, there was a house that uh, was off in the distance. The parallel was almost finished being dug. Washington decided to go in. This time, no guns, no muskets, cold steel, mm. blood, cut their throats. <laughs> And, and when Washington said it like that, Hamilton was like, uh, "Are you are you okay, Washington? Uh, yeah, <laughs> You're and, talking a lot like Rambo, which uh, is not a thing that's been invented yet." And Hamilton was completely part of this part. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of the ones that was. Uh, he, fr- the French took one of the redoubts. 
uh, Hamilton was sent to take I don't know, sent the other to take one. one of the other ones. It's like positions nine and ten, I yep. believe. Yep, that's exactly it. And they were successful. And on the morning of October seventeenth, the French are not the French. Usually, it's the French. This, uh, this <laughs> the French. The French helped Classic. us this time. Uh, <laughs> The British sent out a lone drummer and one officer who just waved a white handkerchief. And that was the surrender. Bangers and mash, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the Americans, of course, you know, they captured them and they uh, they captured all the. Took the boys' uh, drum. The the British officers. And what I find hilarious is usually. the you know they take the bands and all because mm-hmm. in the 18th century things didn't make sense you you had a band for your your military mm-hmm. and whereas now the band for the mil- U.S. military I think is Drowning Pool or what are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably Canada's is Nickelback of course uh, <laughs> but instead of making them play an American tune or a French tune they still made them play a British tune which ended up being the world turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Which made perfect sense, and we won. Which, and now we're allowed. And to, yeah. I believe this speaks to the hubris. Cornwallis himself claimed that he took ill and couldn't show up to the actual surrender. <laughs> so he did not actually attend the actual physical surrender. As we mentioned before on the uh, John Lawrence episode, uh, mm-hmm. Yorktown was the last major battle. There were still skirmishes, there were still British yeah. troops around, uh, especially in the South. But. This was really the uh, beginning of the end, and which led directly to the Treaty of Paris and all of that. Uh, Jeremy, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Zach, if you're all set with the uh, alternatives. What is your kerfuffle about? I think it's appropriate kerfuffle. that we are... You just wanted to use the word kerfuffle, <laughs> which I respect. Our unit on the American Revolution on Yorktown, because so many of the people we covered were there mm-hmm. at one point or another. You got Washington, Hamilton, Marquis de Lafayette... Lawrence showed up near the end for a little while, and uh, Idris Elba was also there. Yep, of course. Um, as Springer Bell or as Idris Elba? Oh, we'll, get, or... we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Uh, so King George III, as we know, was aware of dark magic because he was mm-hmm. controlled by an undergod. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he managed to find another person who's a purveyor of dark magic, uh, the Dark Stranger, who you may remember is now known as Chuck Lorre. Um, if you've listened to our Hamil- ha- uh, Hannibal episode, um, and he deep cut, he struck a deal with the Dark Stranger to uh, to create a force that would destroy the Americans once and for all. But he made a classic evil genie mistake mm-hmm. in saying that he wanted a force to crush the Americans, but did not say that it shouldn't crush the British as well. Oh, so this is like a weird monkey's paw thing. Yeah, I, I mean... I guess, I mean, because a monkey's paw is more ironic. That's sort of just like poor word choice. Yeah, it's more I like guess. a gin situation, I think. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Continue. Um, so they pulled a series of ancient demons from the uh, from the ocean. Uh, led <laughs> I was by, expecting something something more mystical. And the, the demons were led by a gigantic monster, uh, a leviathan, known as Kernvalis. Uh, <laughs> what was that name? Kernvalis. Mm, okay. uh, yeah, it's got like a German spin on it. 
I just and picture like the demon naming itself that like, yeah, it's got a German's a little German flavor to it. And panicked at the horror he had wrought, uh, George warned the Americans of the impending doom coming Ooh. slowly down the ocean. And in fact, the British forces in America, knowing that this was a terrible, terrible horror that had been brought to, to sight, joined with the Americans and the French um, in order to devise a plan to stop this as the monsters slowly approached Yorktown. Hmm. So this is... I mean, when we talk about these monsters, are they more elder beings? Are they like Kinda. gods, Gojira types? Or are uh, they? I mean, I think there's a mix. Okay. Oh, yeah. definitely seeing more of a kraken. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kraken. I mean, I would say humanoid in shape. Uh, okay. okay. I, I was torn between like kaiju or like love. They're a little kaiju-y. A little kaiju-y. Yeah, I'd say kaiju-y. <laughs> For some reason, that seems offensive to something i mean the kai makes it okay um (laughs) um, but uh what could they possibly do against such overwhelming odds but they had a secret weapon wait uh okay continue i won't even guess i just i think i think i know a super scientist misplaced in time a young woman who uh, had once been tried at the Salem Witch Trials and now was misplaced in time and had super science on her side because she was part of a super scientist society and she could make a fleet of uh, high-powered, uber-technological sort of jets and flying machines and things to fight. Does Where does Idris Elba come in for this? Well, uh... <laughs> So everybody had a role to play, but I'm kind of still getting to Idris okay. Elba. Okay, sorry. Um, and of course, Ben Franklin, who was a syphilis cyborg, mm-hmm. helped her by funneling the pure power of syphilis, the most abundant resource at the time, <laughs> into these machines. Um, mm. so, so wait, what do you say he... I, I imagine you're being euphemistic, uh, but when he says funneling the power of syphilis into these machines, do you just mean fucking the machines? Well, sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes it was more efficient than that. Um, <laughs> How is that inefficient? That's like the most efficient method of transferring syphilis. Uh, okay, well, I mean, you don't know what kind of technology they were working with. <laughs> Fair. Um, Fair. So on the eve of these creatures arriving... Washington basically gives exactly the speech from Independence Day. <laughs> no, this isn't July 4th. No, it's not. But, you know, they, there was a little bit of... <laughs> it's late September, early October. <laughs> yeah, but like, for effect. Because <laughs> he's seen Will Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So today, um, like 10 months from now, maybe... We celebrate our Independence Day. So these sort of advanced jets were called mechanized unilateral uh, strafing crafts, integrating tech systems, or muskets. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And they were pretty effective at defeating the smaller demons. Mm. Um, But Carnvalis was um, mostly unaffected by them, and the tide of battle began to turn. But... There were five heroes present at Yorktown. Washington, Hamilton, Marquis de Lafayette, John Lawrence, and of course, Idris Elba. (laughs) (laughs) Who had had a secret project the entire time in the works. 
they had behind the scenes with the help of the super scientists and uh, Ben Franklin been creating something called a strategic humanoid assembling mech bionically operated, which they shortened to Shambo or Robo Shambo. <laughs> Motherfucker. Every time I think you're zigging, you're going to zag. It was a um, five-piece mech that connected into one giant mech. And uh, Hamilton obviously operated the right hand, which was the writing hand. Uh, Washington, the left hand for fighting. Uh, Lawrence and Lafayette were the feet for moving forward. Yes. And uh, Idris Elba was the head. <laughs> yeah. Because he's Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, look at him. Also, he's the only one who knew. He was the one who taught them all how to ap- operate these machines because mm-hmm. he was the only one who possessed the knowledge. Where he came from? Not really clear. It seems as though Idris Elba just appears when the world needs him <laughs> um, and fulfills an important role at key moments in history. Now, this giant mech, is it... Like Voltron, is it like a Jaeger from Pacific? You know Re- what? The smaller one, there's five smaller ones. <laughs> Sorry, you just said that like you're about to challenge me to a fight. <laughs> there's five smaller ones that take humanoid form and then they kind of morph into like the arms and the feet and the head. So this is like a like Mechazord. Power Ranger. Yeah. Yes, precisely so. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were waiting for us to say it. <laughs> the most like specific singular thing. Um, and the day was won. The giant mech, like, managed to kill Cornvallis by, like, super epically shoving, like, a mech knife into its chin and through its brain or something. It was great. (laughs) But it was so incredibly damaged, uh, in the fight that both Cornvallis' remains and the mech sank into Chesapeake Bay. Uh, the only thing that was recovered from the mech was, uh... A piece of equipment that was bell-shaped and was cracked during the fight, which was, of course, sent to Philadelphia. Like, what part of the mech was the bell? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say the heart. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking balls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's go with that. There were two of them. Heart and balls, they're similar in nature. When the mech sank... Mm-hmm. Our five heroes were they? Ex- oh, they. There was a, an ejector program. It was very intense because, let's say, Lawrence's wasn't working, and someone had to go down. Like he had to run to somebody else's mech and get on their ejector. It was very harrowing. <laughs> um, but they all survived um, and managed to make it back to Chesapeake. Now, the remainder, the most of this history is lost, and they never pulled up. <laughs> They never pulled up the remains of the mech because the Freemasons were an anti-robot society. Of course. Willing to bend their laws just for this one occasion uh, Mm. because it was such a dire situation. But uh, afterwards, they returned to their robot-hating ways and decided to leave the mech deep under the waters of Chesapeake Bay. Um, King George III uh, was so moved by the unity that he... um, Gave up his campaign to retain America and allowed them their independence. Of course, Idris Elba disappeared until he was called on again for another important mission to play Stringer Bell in The Wire. That's how that's how that's how long he was gone. Yeah. And then also to be a general heartthrob thereafter. So, yeah. And of course, the contributions of General Heartthrob at the Battle of Yorktown should not be be overlooked. And also, yeah, whatever. DeGrasse was there, but he was high as fuck. De, de grass? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Pump de grass. I thought you were talking about Neil deGrasse He just kept Tyson. asking people <laughs> if they were seeing this. <laughs> really, he got the most out of that battle. He did. Uh, uh, well, he used to say, 
There's no way to see, the best way to see the Battle of Yorktown is to see the Battle of Yorktown high. Or whatever John Stewart said in that thing. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, Zach, thank you. Yeah, I think I, I think I tied a lot of things together in that one. <laughs> you did. And this, this one is a little, this one's hard for me to judge. Uh, the Battle of Yorktown is filled with, like, Washington alone digging trenches. That's a, like, such a romantic image that it makes me love it, let alone, like, the bayonet charge over the readouts, Cornwallis being trapped, but also trapping himself at Yorktown. But there's also like this sort of Pacific Rim, half Pacific Rim, half Power Rangers <laughs> thing to go on. And uh, I, I don't doubt you for doing what you're about to do. As much it has Idris Elba and it has giant mechs, I think I have to go with the alternate history. Yeah. You got to cast Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean, come on. He's an American hero, even though he's British. Yeah. Uh, well, were wait together. a minute. <laughs> yeah. He's the hero of two worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Are you saying he saved the Americans from the British? Well, he saved them from Cornwallis, the demon. Oh, which was okay. summoned by the British, but then the British turned against, I guess. Yeah, the British were working with us at the Battle of Yorktown, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. And, and now the true alternate reality. Now... I have a question also because this is sort of plays into my leaning towards the alternate history. The mech that's at the bottom of the Chesapeake Bay still there? Has anyone tried to lift it? Has as anyone far tried as I to know, it's still repair there, it? Unless Erosion. we learn something uh, to the contrary down the line. Okay. Well, we got to be talking about 18th century technology. Well, but this was a super scientist who would help build a time machine. She she was she was very bright. Mm. Still 18th century. I mean... Well, what exists from that time period? Uh, America. <laughs> America. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, nah, and look where that's headed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got at least six more months on that shit. <laughs> our lease is almost up on America, basically, guys. Uh, um, we're going to hand it back to our landlords. Mm-hmm. Zach, thank you. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, thank you. Thank you very much. So, before we head out, listeners... Oh, uh, did you actually select your answer? Oh, yeah, the alternate history. Sorry. Mm. You yeah. wanted to rub that in. Back in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I lost last time. It feels so good to be back. Mm. Um, I'll be back. So, listeners, uh, we talked about this on the last episode, but October 3rd, we are hosting and involved in uh, the Night of a Thousand Podcasts, Whoa. which is a live podcast showcase at Syntax Physic Opera in Denver, Colorado. Whoa. We got a lot of great shows coming. Uh, we're trying to find a second night or a second venue uh, so we can add more shows. But right now, it's us, uh, Broadcast Geeks, with former guest uh, Nate Balding. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, we have Ice Cream Social with former guest oh, Cody yeah. Spiker. Whiskey and Cigarettes, former guest Zach Moss. Mm. And Empty Girlfriend with Christy Bukley, who will be on the show soon. Mm. Uh, they're all like fucking amazing shows, and it's going to be a great time. So that's October 3rd at Syntax. Uh, more details on that uh, on our Facebook page, uh, The Revisionists, our Twitter, at uh, RevisionPod. And you can always go to our website, revisionistpodcast.com, and write a review of the podcast on iTunes, which is super helpful. And thank you to everyone who's done that so far. We're getting like close to we're close to 50 reviews, I feel like. I think we're up 45-ish people have yeah. Yeah. not written, but starred at least. Yeah. And also real quick. Uh, every every two weeks when I go to upload an episode, I check the subscriber metrics on the website, 
and they just keep exponentially going up. And thank you to everyone who has like talked about the show or subscribed to the show because uh, we we went from like eight hundred to twelve hundred in like a week. Wow, which is great. And tell your friends and keep listening. And thank you guys so 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 much for doing that. Before we go, Jeremy. Like we said before, you are the host of Saturday Morning Cartoons. Yeah, Mutant Information Cafe. Uh, which is second uh, to South Broadway. Yep. The next one is coming up the day this gets released, August 20th. Yep. Uh, but it's every other week, so if you hear this today, it comes out, it's at 10 a.m., but also you can check me out se- September 3rd. Come hang out, watch some cartoons with me. And then you do stand-up, and you're oh, yeah. all over, and you're fucking fabulous. I love oh, you. Oh, thank you very much. Zach? Thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, of course. And for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I am Zach Powers. Have a, Have a good, good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> you started predicting my stupid, doesn't quite work sign off, mm. and I love it. <laughs>